You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts. Everywhere you get to those podcasts, we are there. I'm going to tilt this bottle here for you, for those watching on YouTube. Trippio, brought to you by Trippio. It's my company I'm launching soon. It's a travel app. It's going to be dope. Anyway, um, happy Monday. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Off to kind of a weird start. But um, lots of good stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff in the NBA, a lot of stuff in the NFL, a little bit about the Olympics. Um, hit the subscribe button, whatever platform you are on, please subscribe. Uh, share this with your friends. I love seeing the thing grow. It's a fun hobby that one day I hope will be maybe even a job. We'll see. Um, but you guys are awesome. Thank you for being here. So I'm going to start with uh, with the NBA. Um, off-season NBA stuff is super fun for me. Like, it's so interesting to see where these free agents are going to go. Where's Chris Paul going to end up? What are the Lakers going to do to improve? Um, what are the Jazz going to do? Jazz never have anything super exciting in the off-season because for whatever reason, not a ton of free agents want to come here. Obviously, the stigma is that Salt Lake City and Utah are like not cool. They're not fun, whatever. Um, I obviously feel differently about that. I think Utah is incredibly fun. But I get it. If you're looking for like that fun party nightlife, Salt Lake City's pretty meager. Like we've got, uh, you know, we've got some nice restaurants, not a ton. We've got a few cool bars, not a ton. Um, it's just, you know, it's a city of a million and a half or whatever. I don't know what's up there in Salt Lake Valley, but not a ton. Um, the entire state's less than three million, I think, or maybe barely more than three, something like that. But um, certainly doesn't compare to Miami. Doesn't compare to Los Angeles or New York or Chicago uh, or even Denver, for that matter. Uh, but cost of living is low. There's a lot of other good reasons to be here. The outdoors are incredible. I just don't know if a lot of those things really appeal to the NBA players because they're like, well, I got tons of money. I don't care if I have to pay a little bit more. And I'm not really the outdoorsy type. I'm playing basketball professionally. And so, you know, and like it's good for families. And they're like, I don't have a family. So I get it. It's not the not the top destination for NBA free agents to want to be. But it is a great place. Um but anyway, the big talk right now is Russell Westbrook. There's talk about Russell Westbrook going to the Lakers. There's also talk of Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan both going to the Lakers. Very, very interesting stuff. So the question is, would Russell Westbrook be a good fit for the Lakers? Should they want him? Now, I am a fan of Russell Westbrook. I know many of you listening aren't. Real quick side note, I saw a thing the other day that said Russell Westbrook has a triple-double in his own name. So, of course, he's a triple-double king, and he does. He has the two S's, the two L's in Russell, and then in Westbrook, of course, the two O's. So he has three double letters in his own name, which I find to be absolutely amazing. Um, I really like Russell Westbrook. Nobody plays harder than that guy. Nobody seems to care more than that guy about giving it his every single ounce of effort on every single play. Um and it's really fun to watch that. It's, it's really fun to watch that. It's fun to root for it. The guy's a family man. Like, I always see him posting about his wife and, um, sorry for that noise, getting chatted up here. I always see him posting about his wife and his his kids. Um, he just seems like a good dude and he cares a lot. So not only that, but he's super athletic and very fun to watch. And if he could just develop a shot, he'd be one of the absolute all-time greats. Um but would he be a good fit for the Lakers? Because he can't shoot that well. He, he's a very below-average three-point shooter. He can score. He can score in bunches, but he needs to get to the rim. He's kind of a high-volume scorer. 
Um, needs to shoot a lot of shots to, to get his points. Um, very average free throw shooter. Very average jump shooter. Uh, so is he really a good fit for the Lakers? Uh, obviously, he's an upgrade from Kuzma or Schroeder or any of those guys. But is he the best fit to join a super team, LeBron and AD, is Russell Westbrook the next guy? I'm going to say this. There's so much freaking talent there. You could have LeBron run in the point. Maybe Westbrook would run it. I don't know. He does love getting those triple doubles. But I just feel like you'd have two great facilitators in LeBron and Westbrook. Um, you'd be they'd just be hurting from three point land again. They they already aren't the best three point shooting team, and they'd be hurting even worse because he's a worse three point shooter than Kuzma. Um, you're, you're you're certainly not going to improve your three point shooting by adding Russell Westbrook to your team. So to me, that's a big deal. Uh, so I don't see him as the best choice for the Lakers. That being said, there'd be so much talent that it'd be hard to bet against them until they got up against the likes of the Nets team in the finals, and then I probably would still lean towards the Nets. Uh, but then there's the talk of DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry teaming back up. Remember, these guys were teammates in Toronto for years and couldn't quite get it done. DeRozan gets traded for Kawhi and has to watch the Raptors win a title without him in his first year in San Antonio. That had to kind of suck. Um, Kawhi goes up to, to Toronto, helps Kyle Lowry get a ring. Lowry was a very critical piece to that puzzle uh, and to that championship. DeMar DeRozan, on the other hand, was uh, an observer. He was a fan watching on TV like the rest of us. That had to be very, very difficult. So DeRozan has made it very clear. He came out and said, look, I've been fortunate enough to make plenty of money in my life. At this point, it is vital to me to be competing for a championship, which is an interesting statement because he's telling all of the teams that can pay him a ton of money but aren't really in position to compete, I don't want to even bother with you guys. But he's also telling all the teams that can compete for a title, hey, I'm willing to take a discount if you'll take me. So I think you're going to see DeRozan sign with a contender at a, at a lower price. I mean, he's not going to play for pennies on the dollar, but he'll probably pay, play for several million below his market value because he can. Why not? Why would you not? Um, if he's invested wisely, he'll still be making millions of dollars, whether it's 25 million or 15 million, like that's a lot of freaking money either way. Um, and if he feels like he's made enough and he's investing wisely and he'd rather go compete for a championship, more power to him, I say. The question is, will it be the Lakers and will it be with Kyle Lowry? Now that, that would be a killer addition to the Lakers lineup. They'd of course, uh, you know, get rid of Kuzma, uh, maybe even uh, Horton Tucker, um, Taylor Horton Tucker, who's a young promising prospect. They'd have to remove some pieces to free up the space, but they could get both those guys, seasoned veterans. Lowry is a champion. DeRozan's a proven warrior. He's not a champion, but he's a warrior. He's a scorer. He's got good mid-range. Um, unselfish. He's a team player. He'd be probably the third scoring option, Lowry fourth, um, and that would be a killer top four. That would, that would kind of start to rival, not quite, but it would start to rival it would it would not it would not be there, but it, I was going to say KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond. It would kind of be in that vicinity, not quite, of course, but that's four all stars really on your team. Um, DeRozan's fringe all star, Lowry's fringe all star, and then of course AD and LeBron are mega superstars. But that's like four all stars on the same team. That's pretty. That's a pretty compelling argument to put them as the favorites ahead of the Nets. 
Um, the Vegas odds already have Nets number one, Lakers number two. You add DeRozan and Lowry, that's something else. Um, so very interesting. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking at my notes real quick. But yeah, that's pretty much all I had about DeRozan and Lowry. I like those guys. I, I think they're both you know quality pieces that could help the Lakers win a championship. So probably, not probably, I think they definitely would together be a better fit than Russell Westbrook would. So we'll see what happens there. Um, okay, on to the NFL real quick. The NFL has informed all of the teams that if a game cannot be rescheduled during this next uh, season... Um, in 2021, due to a COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit and be credited with a loss for playoff seeding. Wow. In other words, they are strong arm pressuring players into getting vaccinated. So in other words, if I play in the NFL and I am not vaccinated and I get COVID and other teammates of mine get COVID that are not vaccinated and we have to now postpone a game, they're not going to reschedule it. They're going to say, you lost. You guys chose to not get vaccinated. You lost. I get it from that perspective, but this is getting a little bit weird. Uh, Really forcing people to do a vaccination. We don't force people to get any other vaccinations at all. I, I I don't know of a single vaccination that is forced upon the public. And I'm talking even like polio and mumps and measles and you know, flu shots, like uh, tetanus shots. I I don't know what we force on the public. Like we're forcing this COVID vaccination. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I think if you want to get the vaccine, get it. If you don't want to, don't get it. I think it's up to you. Um, Very interesting that they're forcing this upon upon the players and the teams. So DeAndre Hopkins, who is a mega superstar in the NFL, arguably the best receiver in the game, he came right out and said, this is really making him question his future in the NFL. Because he doesn't want it to be on him. He doesn't want to be forced to get the vaccination like a lot of other people don't want to be forced to. But then on the flip side, he's like, but I can't I can't risk letting my teammates down. And so maybe I just won't play. Because I don't want to get this, I don't want to get COVID and then force my team into a loss. Like a, and in football, every single game matters and it matters a lot. And so he's thinking, if we end up losing a game because I didn't get vaccinated, I can't live with that. But I also can't live with being forced to get the vaccination. So maybe what I can live with is just not playing football. And wouldn't that be sad? Wouldn't that be sad if the NFL lost one of its greatest players? I think he's bluffing. I don't think you're going to see him retire by any means. Um, maybe he just ends up rolling the dice and and not getting the vaccination and seeing what happens. I just think it's interesting. They're they're doing so much to make it near impossible for players to choose to not get the vaccination. And there's several players now very openly stating how against this, this pressure that they're feeling they are. Uh, because it's like, wait a second, since when, does, since when does my employer determine what shots I get injected into my body? Like, that's pretty intense stuff. So... Anyway, interesting there. More on the NFL, Aaron Rodgers and the Packer drama. Holy cow. This has been all over the map. I had prepared to sit down and talk about the drama of Rodgers saying he might be retiring. That was one of the most recent uh, things I'd read and seen is that he was strongly considering retiring. He was expected to within the next few days to retire, announce his retirement. And then right before I sit down, Adam Schefter drops the bomb of, oh yeah, the Packers have actually come around and they've announced enough stuff. They're uh, giving enough concessions to Aaron Rodgers to keep him on board, and he'll be re-signing within the next few days to a long-term deal. What? I mean, the Packers have been all over the map. Um, 
In fact, there was a post that I am trying to pull up now that CBS put out. So, oh, so that was the other thing. Devontae Adams, also arguably one of the greatest receivers in the NFL. Not arguably, he is one of the greatest receivers in the NFL. He and Aaron Rodgers on the same day posted the exact same Instagram story, and it was just a picture of Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan walking towards each other to do like a fist bump, right? And everyone took that as like, okay, these are teammates, have each other's back, where one goes, the other one goes, um, you know, Jordan and Pippen won six titles together. Rodgers and Devontae Adams have zero together. Um, I know Rodgers has one, but Devontae Adams was not part of that team. So maybe a stretch in that comparison. But I think what they're saying is, hey, I'm going where he's going. If Rodgers isn't playing, I'm not playing. Because Devontae Adams has been saying that he's not happy either. And so this might be slowly building towards exactly what Aaron Rodgers wanted all along, which was, hey, just give me more of what I want. Give me more money. Give me more time. Get Jordan Love the heck out of here. Maybe he wants that. I don't know. Give me guarantees that like he's not going to even sniff the field for the next two seasons. I don't know. Something like that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's in the contract. If it's like, look, unless I am injured and I choose that I'm injured, he can't play. I, I wouldn't surprise me if that's if there's something like that in the contract because I think that's one of the biggest things that Aaron Rodgers doesn't like is just that Jordan Love got selected when he got selected. And so... Very interesting stuff from Dream Bay. So much drama. Devontae Adams threatening to leave. Aaron Rodgers threatening to leave. The whole thing was falling apart, it felt like. And now all of a sudden, okay, we're going to give you whatever you want. So I'm very curious to see what that ends up being. Uh, Time will tell. Um, Okay, more talk talk about uh, NBA. Wanted to go NBA, NFL, back to NBA. And uh, I saw this stat about LeBron James and the MVP voting, and I was thoroughly impressed. I immediately sent it to several friends. But of LeBron's, you know, career, in like the last 13 years or something, in the last 14 years, 13 of them he's finished in the top four in MVP voting. Crazy impressive, crazy impressive. So he, he enters the league, LeBron enters the league in 2004. Obviously, he does not make the, you know, the top five or whatever there. Um. And then 2005, 2006, he's uh, second year in 2005, doesn't make top five. Third year, 2006, he finishes second in the NBA in in, uh, voting for MVP. 2007, he finishes fifth. 2008, he finishes fourth. 2009, he wins it. 2010, he wins it. 2011, he finishes third. 2012, he wins it. 2013, he wins it. That was the last time he won it. He's got four in his career, four MVPs. Jordan has five in fewer seasons. 2014, (laughs) LeBron finishes second. 15, third. 16, third. 17, fourth. 18, second. 19, didn't play because he was hurt. Um, That was the hamstring or the groin season. 2020, which was last year, he finished uh, second. And then this year, I don't remember where he finished, but um, incredible, incredible. I mean, year after year after year after year, he's in the top three or four for MVP voting. And I was like, holy cow, that is such a testament to how dominant he is for how long he's been that dominant. Well, then I thought, you know what? I'm going to look up, I want to look up Michael Jordan and the voting there. So Michael Jordan, let's go back to, um, I'm scrolling back here. Jordan has five of them. And again, Jordan played several fewer seasons than LeBron. So Jordan was drafted in 84. So we're going to go all the way back to 1984. I'm in, I got three more clicks to go. I apologize for having to sit here while I click back. 
Okay, so 1984. Uh, the so 84-85 season. Um, Jordan actually finished sixth as a rookie. That's absolutely incredible. Um, his second season, he hurt his foot, did not play for all. He he only played 17 games, so it didn't finish anywhere in the top 10 that I can see here. His third season finished second behind Magic Johnson. So his rookie year he was sixth. Second year doesn't really count. Third year was the first year he really rose to top five because that's what we're looking at. He finished second. The next year, 88, he won it. The next year, uh, he won it again. Or did I go to the same season somehow? Sorry, this is the same season. I don't know what happened here. So he won it in 88. 89, he finished second behind Magic Johnson again. Ironically, Carl Malone was third that year. That surprises me. Um, 90, he was third. 91, he was first. He won it. 92, it's taking multiple clicks per thing. He won it again. 93, I'm pretty sure it was Charles Barkley, if I remember correctly. Barkley, but Jordan finished third. 94, he retires. 95, he was retired. Um, so obviously we're not going to see anything there. And then 96, he comes back and I know he wins it again. 96, he wins it again. 97, I think was a Carl Malone year maybe. And then I think Jordan again in 98. Carl Malone wins it in, uh, 2000 or sorry, 97, Jordan finished second. Then in 98, Jordan wins it again. So guess what? As impressive as I thought LeBron's streak of top four MVP votes was, Jordan's is even better. It's even better. And we knew that. He won five of them. And he was top three like every single year he was in the league with the exception of the year he was hurt. He was in the top three. So again, Jordan beats LeBron. And I want to make it clear. I know we talk about this a lot. I'm not a LeBron hater. I actually like LeBron a lot. Uh, I'm going to miss him when he's gone. And I look forward to watching him play this next year. I'm I'm always at the top of the list of saying the Lakers are among the favorites. I said it this last year. I'm saying it for next year already. So I'm not a LeBron hater. I see his greatness. He is one of the all-time best players. Without question, top five, probably number two all-time. So I'm not hating. But I like to talk about it a lot because he's not number one. And to me, it's not even very close. And that's where the argument sometimes is. I see these stats and I'm like, oh my gosh. I was even kind of fooled. I'm like, dang, LeBron, top four, like year after year after year. That's pretty incredible. And I'm like, well, wait a second. I want to see what Jordan's voting was. Jordan should have won it like 10 times or nine times. He won it five. So I'm going to see where he was at. Top three every year, year after year after year. So, okay. One more thing about the NBA. Leangelo Ball is expected to sign with the Charlotte Hornets to join his brother LaMelo Ball, who LaMelo Ball is going to be a superstar. Uh, rookie of the year already is better player than Lonzo and Lonzo's pretty darn good, but Le- LaMelo can shoot it better. He can handle the ball better. Uh, he can rebound better. He's bigger. Uh, to me, Lamelo's just—he's the real deal. Uh, so Lonzo's very good starter in the NBA for years to come. Lamelo's got superstar written all over him. And so now Leangelo's going to join him. And will he actually stick? Can Jordan handle dealing with the Ball Boys and freaking Lavar Ball, the, the dad? Will Lonzo go join them? Lavar Ball's already hinting at that, and Jordan's going to be the first ever black owner to win an NBA title. Maybe he will be, but it's not going to be with your three sons starting for him. That's not going to happen. I, I love the, how much his dad, this dad loves his sons. I really do. 
but I do not see Lonzo, Leangelo, and LaMelo even having close to a winning record if they all three are playing on the same team, let alone making the playoffs, winning playoff series, winning an NBA title. So we'll see what happens there. Um, okay, one more thing just that came to mind actually right now. It's not even in my notes, but with the Olympics, the U.S. loses to France. Are you kidding me? And Damian Lillard's talking about how these players are so different when they play for their countries than when they play for their teams in the NBA. Uh, and then, you know, Fournier on, on France is saying these players are better individually than we are, but as a team, they can be beaten. And he's right. Uh, team USA now has six losses in Olympic history. One of them was just the other day to France. Um, not good. Not good at all. This team is so much more talented than every other team. It's ridiculous. I mean, we should be blowing people out. Not quite to the level of the dream team, you know, in 92. But we should be blowing people out. This is embarrassing that we lose to France. Gobert looked dominant. Fournier looked dominant. Batum looked really good. We couldn't shoot. Now there's all this talk about how the NBA is so soft that the NBA American players are actually the soft ones, not the Europeans. And there's the quote from Luka Doncic, who said when he came to the NBA, it's easier to score in the NBA. It's easier for me to score a lot of points here against these defenses and these players than it was for me to score a lot of points over there in Europe against those players and those defenses. And we've seen that. He's been dominating the NBA. He's one of the best players in the league. He just dropped 48 in his Olympic debut for Slovenia last night. 48 points on like 60-something percent shooting. He might be the best player in the world. Argentina's coach is on record saying, look, I said it four years ago, he's the best player in the world. And it's even more clear to me now, this guy, Luka Doncic, is the greatest player in the world. Do I think he's the greatest player in the world? No, I do not. Do I think he's top five? He's right there. If he's not five, then he's like six or seven. He's right there. He's for sure in the top 10 players in the league. Um, And he's just getting better. He's young and he just keeps getting better and better and better. So it's an interesting thought. Is the NBA the soft one? Is the NBA the soft league, not the Euro League? It kind of looks that way a little bit when you look at Team USA. But Pop needs to let these guys go. Pop needs to let KD go score 50. We're just doing too much of this team basketball. We are bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic. Let us just go dominate them. There shouldn't even be scripted plays for crying out loud. It should just be like, guys, go freaking win the game. You're way better than them. Just go win. Um, trying to implement like appropriate playing time. It's almost like little league. I feel like pop is treating USA basketball like it's little league sports. We're like, everybody deserves an equal chance and we need equal playing time. And you're going to take a turn starting here and you're going to come in after four minutes and you're going to get, and you know, to make, make sure that your mom doesn't yell at me and I gotta make sure your dad doesn't come to practice and beat me up. Like, no, this is not little league. These are not little leaguers. They don't need equal time. It's not an all-star game where it's like, okay, your turn to like get a dunk or shoot a three. We're trying to win a gold medal against the rest of the world. Let the boys play. Let them play. You know, as they say in uh, Remember the Titans, let the boys play. Let them go out there and do their thing, coach. We don't need to see, you know, like equal playing time among these guys. They're not equal players. Kevin Durant should play as much as he freaking wants to play. It's a 40-minute game. If he wants to play 35 of those minutes, he should play 35 of those minutes. He's the best player in the world. He's certainly the best player on that team. If Dame wants to play more, he should play more. This equal playing time thing and this like equal ball distribution and shot selection thing, no, that's not going to win us games. That doesn't win games in the NBA. Why would it win games here? In the NBA, it's like, no, we play to our strengths. We, 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 we ride our pony to victory. Like 
Kevin Durant is it. You know, Damian Lillard is it. We don't need to see, you know, Keldon, whatever his name is, Keldon Johnson, getting equal playing time. He wouldn't get equal playing time in the NBA with these. If this same roster, if Keldon Johnson was on the same roster in the NBA, he would just sit on the bench. He'd just sit on the end of the bench and never touch the floor. So why should he get equal playing time or equal shot selection? It's not quite equal, of course, but like they're kind of taking this like little league approach to like, you know, your participation trophy. No, we're not fighting for a participation trophy, Pop. We're fighting for a gold freaking medal. So let's go win a gold medal. Let's not win a participation trophy. Let's win a gold medal. That's my take on that. Okay, coming up uh, later this week or next, I don't know when, there's all sorts of college football conference realignment going on. Um, I'm going to try and get my good friend Alan Malai on here to talk about it. The Big 12 is going to lose even more teams now, it looks like. Oklahoma and Texas both looking to bail out and go join the SEC, making the SEC even stronger, making the Big 12 now. It's already 10 teams. I would take it to eight. And then who would they have left? They'd have Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. Like Those would be kind of like their go-to conferences. Could be a chance for BYU to get in there. But then there's talk of like the Big 12 and the Pac-12 joining forces to have 20 teams as like a mega conference, um, which would obviously leave BYU on the outside looking in again because the Pac-12 already has 12 teams. But then Alan says there's something about the Pac-12 just falling apart. So I'm going to try and get him on the podcast to talk about that. That's really all the time I have for today. Um, I, I will say keep watching the Olympics. I love watching the swimming. I've been enjoying that. And I really, really enjoyed watching skateboarding. I saw Travis Rice. He's a snowboarder who I really admire because I love snowboarding. I saw him um, comment on an Instagram post that the Olympics needs skating and surfing far more than skating and surfing need the Olympics. And I could not agree more like the Olympics. I mean, we've got freaking the weirdest things and I like watching it, but like synchronized diving, is that really more popular on a day-to-day basis than surfing or skating? No, not even freaking close. Is it fun to watch that? And do those athletes deserve to be there? Yes, they do. But come on to bring in fans, to bring in viewership, to bring in popularity, to increase the, the Olympic appeal surfing and skating were needed by the Olympics far more than they needed the Olympics themselves. So very excited to see those in. I loved watching skating. Nigel Houston was a guy I really wanted to see win gold. He's one of the few names in skating that I, you know, current names in skating that I know. I learned a lot of the older names from like Tony Hawk and his Bob Bernardino, you know, his uh, video game days when, you know, back when I was a kid, but which by the way, Tony Hawk was still out there getting it done. Uh, Not in the Olympics, but like he was on the Olympic course or in the, in the Olympic, uh, you know, pipe, um, whatever you call it, skate park, the park doing like full on airs and hand plants and kick flips and like whatever the moves are. I don't know. I'm all of the tricks, but very cool to watch him, but I wanted Nigel Houston to do well. And he tried this crazy difficult trick three times in a row. Couldn't land it. Uh, we did end up getting a bronze medal though, uh, on the street skating the U S did. So that was kind of cool, but keep watching the Olympics guys. Keep an eye on NBA free agency. I will see you next time. I am out. Peace. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports.